0: I think I chose this because it's probably the weirdest film on Netflix, and it still kind of baffles me that it is on Netflix.
1: I think it's—I think it is one of those films that, if you give it a chance, you could really get swept away with it.
2: Just really, really, really loved the band, <laughs> loved their outfits, loved all their songs, the club as well, the, just the the set design and the costume design brilliant
1: sometimes it's difficult to to know where you are it's it's i think it's quite slippery like a fish you might say very
2: <laughs> good, good i don't really know what i was expecting but it it wasn't this
3: <laughs> hey everyone and welcome to this episode of let watch podcast today i'm joined by lillian hello laura hi helen
2: Hello.
3: And we're going to be talking about the Polish drama, horror, rom com, fantasy, whatever, the lure.
2: Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills.
3: Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us.
2: And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter
3: at FlixwatcherPod and on Instagram
2: at Flix Watcher. Hello film fans, welcome to Flix Watcher podcast. Joining us today we have Lillian and Laura. Over to you please Laura to say hello and tell the listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do please. Hi there,
1: my name's Laura Venning. I'm a freelance film critic, writer, occasional appear on podcasts. I've written for places like Little White Lies in, in print and online. Yay. Uh, BBC, yay. <laughs> uh, BBC Culture, a bit of work for Curzon. Lots of little bits here and there, mostly writing about things like period dramas, queer cinema, lots of good stuff.
3: This is neither. Um, but we'll get to that. <laughs> this is neither. <laughs> in a second. Uh, and who are you in the top right-hand corner uh, of my screen? I don't know how millions. Um, Here's
0: over the screens. <laughs> Hello, I'm Lillian Crawford um, I am basically exactly the same person as Laura, as it turns out from from that list of publications <laughs> and, and what she does um, I am also a freelance writer um, do lots of stuff with Little White Lies BBC Culture um, what else do I do? Empire, Sight and Sound, all different places um, yeah and I run a podcast called um, Listen to Lillian, all about British cinema and I co-host a a podcast called "Autism Through Cinema," which is all about representations of autism in film.
3: Can you tell us a bit about the what, what British cinema? Mean, how that's kind of changed over the decades, and how what you talk about, how you talk about in your podcast.
0: The one about British cinema is um, stems from sort of my more academic interest in post-war British cinema and representations of women in the 1940s and 50s, and um, how that sort of changed since then um, which Laura has been on Laura and I talked about Sense and Sensibility on that so that was a lot of fun
3: We've had Sense and Sensibility haven't we, Helen? We have You weren't, you weren't a bigger fan was I was not, more not
2: a huge fan as everyone else Yeah, I was
3: more of a fan than I expected to be uh, so Good <laughs>
1: Helen,
2: I'm shocked
1: I'm shocked and appalled but I'll, I'll <laughs> <Sorry>. rate it Sorry <laughs>
3: It's one of those ones that sometimes people pick a film and you're like oh, for, f- yeah, well yeah, sure of course and then I was like, actually, this is, uh, this is, I really like this. But um, Helen didn't, but that happens either way sometimes as well. Um, <laughs> Lenny, you chose the lure, the lure, I'm not sure how best we say <laughs> it. Um, can you tell us first of yeah. all why you chose it? And then I'll get the timer out. And you have 60 seconds to okay. give us a synopsis, if you can <laughs> describe yeah, it in I, that short length of time
0: absolutely i mean i think i chose this because it's probably the weirdest film on netflix and I, it still kind of baffles me that it is on netflix it's a film <laughs> set in the 1980s um based on um sort of undine myths and the little mermaid by hans christian anderson which comes out of that and um the director agnieszka Shmizinska, she sort of adapts that story into a story about two young women In a nightclub who also happen to be mermaids, and it's a musical, a horror film, a rom-com, it's everything you could possibly want in a film, and it's magical. Do you want to give us the synopsis? Oh, that was that that was was the synopsis. I guess it was. was, It's hard to describe because it's like a it's a concept film, I guess. There's no real plot. Um there are these two the two mermaids, golden and silver, and um they both just sort of sing their songs and then lust after men and women, and then they lose their ability <laughs> to do that because they they, they sing. Um, and all mermaids know that if you want to be with a man, you've got to have your legs, well, you want legs, so you've got to have your tail cut off in order to get the legs. Um, it's a very simple plot, it's the story of the Little Mermaid, pretty much, um, just transplanted to nightclub scene in 1980s Poland. <laughs> I don't. I don't really know how else to to describe this film. It's um. It's pretty wild. <laughs>
3: how how did you come across this film in the first place? Yeah. I mean.
0: Um. So there is a um, there's a streaming service called Canopy, which um. You can get free through libraries and things. I think I had it as a student. I remember one evening, just like going on there and watching something. and I was like, oh wow, this is like a. a independent polish film about mermaids and these all sound like great things um (laughs) so i watched it that way um and kind of fell in love with it one of the um reasons why i i I love disney films um and i love the stories of disney films and little mermaid is one of my favorite films and i think that this kind of is the grown-up version of that it takes the sort of coming of age elements of the little mermaid and makes it much more I don't want to say realistic because this is not a realistic film, but it's, it's a, um to sort of takes that and it tries to make it about her own time growing up in, in, in the eighties as a teenager. She was raised in, um in sort of nightclubs, which is where she sort of developed as, as a person. And, and that's what this film is about. Um I also love musicals and it feels kind of operatic, which is, which is great.
3: Laura and Helen, have you heard of this film before or even watched it?
1: I had, yeah. I think I had even started it at, at some point and, and for some reason or another had drifted away. Uh, so I, w- I was delighted to sit down and finally finally give it its due because it is it's a strange experience and I kind of think it, it, you need to just sort of let it wash over you
2: as, as, <laughs> as it
1: were, like, a, like an ocean wave. Um, but yeah, I was familiar with it and had, uh, had been meaning to get back to it for a long time.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't really know what I was expecting, but it it wasn't this. <laughs> but that's like sometimes it's good to not have expectations met. Like, okay. I mean, just, this yeah. is
3: this is exactly why we have guests. The pick the films and not just myself and Helen each week picking films because it would just be the same. So boring. we never have this. Never, we would never have had sense and sensibility had it not been for other people picking it. So it is, um, you know, I'm astonished this film exists. Uh, thank you for picking it, Lillian. <laughs> um, I mean, the first note for this is I I, I need to watch more Polish films because they generally like cinematography in Poland is like on point all the time. It looks really classy and um, polished and even for an indi- like an, indi- an indie film, it always looks like really well shot. And um, I know Poland has a few like cinematography um, legends and festivals. So they really do dig that and I think that shows here. But I, I had no idea what was going on in this film. I um, It terrified me. Um, at no point was I aroused, uh, even though there's like naked
0: women- Oh, it didn't arouse you? No, I mean, I, I, no, I, even though okay. there's, there's women- Because I naked. think this film is incredibly sexy.
3: I, well, I didn't feel. I thought it was a bit. Um,
0: <laughs> to be fair, Maybe, it's, maybe <laughs> yeah. it's 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 women sort of e- eating men and then <laughs> getting whole. So maybe may, may, maybe maybe that's not appealing. I don't know. Um, now, I think it is.
3: <laughs> well, I've never f- I've never found the concept of mermaids interesting. It's mm-hmm. a weird. I'm not sure how much of a fancy it is in real life, but the concept of a half half human half fish um, isn't that appealing and you know when when it manifests and you know oh look i've got a hole which you can use it's like that's actually quite gross i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and i know what you said about to be more realistic quote unquote but this is this is more kind of accurate accurate representation of what a mermaid would be rather than if it, you know the little mermaid which is one of my favorite disney films as well um so i was i was genuinely intrigued by it but um yeah, I'm still processing. I'm still very much processing. Laura, you have you. Mm. Why did you stop it the first time, and how have you finished processing this film for the first time?
1: Yeah, I honestly can't quite remember why I drifted away from it. Um, I think, yeah, it's really not what I expected. I don't think it's what anyone expected. Uh, tonally, it's quite, quite. Uh, it's quite difficult to describe because it does veer from the sort of the what am i trying to say it sort of is from kind of what you might expect from a quote unquote dark fairy tale or mm. dark modern fairy tale into these quite broadly exuberant um kind of classic musical numbers i'm thinking particularly of the this uh, sequence quite near the beginning where they go to the like shopping center they go into like a department store and that is very you know old hollywood musical with these hundreds of extras and all doing flips and cartwheels and all kinds of stuff whereas like most of the music in the film is much more sort of drawing on that 80s setting um and it's kind of got this sort of greek chorus of other characters mm. uh who are sort of not really like that closely sort of they're not really that relevant to the, the sort of main story but they do kind of orbit this world i'm thinking for example of like the lead singer of the the band in this sort of cabaret club sort of strip uh strip club uh where the mermaids come to work who i can't quite remember if it's the first shot of the film i don't think it is but very early on you get like a really tight close-up on her face mm. and that's a motif that's repeated a few times through it
3: i think and, that's one of the things i was thinking about when i was talking about cinematography because they shot the shoot yeah. people's faces like, really well and clearly in this um, which is super engaging. Carrie, sorry.
1: Yeah, no, no. And she's just, you know, she's got this kind of strange beauty, but it is kind of otherworldly, but it's sort of beaten down and, and you know, quite why she's the this sort of figure that, that reoccurs, I don't know. I suppose what I'm trying to say in a long-winded way is that the film has quite a lot of, to me, like mysterious aspects to it that can't be easily unraveled or sort of pointed to as as kind of what this obviously has to do with the main story because yeah like Lillian says the plot is actually relatively simple once you break it down but it does have these quite quite bizarre uh yeah interludes um or kind of diversions and sometimes it's difficult to to know where you are it's it's i think it's quite slippery like a fish you might say (laughs)
0: very good well i think I think that's part of the appeal of it, particularly in sort of that there is a sort of a certain queerness to a lot of that and to the fluidity of their sexualities and to identity and the the changes of identity that that go on um I mean it's the, the one of the um the mermaids isn't accepted by the the bassist who she who she likes in the band Figs and Dates, which is a great band name um and she he sort of requests that she go undergoes this this quite horrific procedure mm. where she has her sort of tail cut off um and replaced with 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 human legs with the cost of her her voice she, it, it gives a certain rawness to a lot of sort of fairy tales and and that i find quite refreshing um I should say that I'm I'm a massive um, fan of Paul and Pressburger, and Paul and Pressburger's films is something I really love. And um, they were going to make a film that was a sort of adaptation of The Little Mermaid. Um, that was going to be a big sort of Red Shoes like ballet film, and it was it was going to be absolutely gorgeous. And they never made it. Um, and Gosh, that's
2: I think that exactly.
0: I feel like this is the closest someone has come to actually realizing what that film, I mean, Pound and Pressburger would never have made for the, there's no way that this is the kind of film they would have made. But I I guess when I watched it and having read that in sort of about the production history of that film that never really happened, I guess that's partly why I love it as much as I do, um, which I think is significantly more than most people who have seen this film. (laughs)
3: I know, Helen, you've been slightly quiet on this.
2: I mean, I guess I, when did I watch it? Not last night, the the night before. So obviously it's quite fresh in my, in my mind. I find the fascination with the fascination with mermaids fascinating because they're men, not you, obviously, Kobe, but a lot of men are obviously kind of drawn to the mermaid and the mermaid idea. But then when they kind of, faced with the reality they don't actually want the mermaid because they they want her but they want her with legs and the kind of wanting something but not actually wanting what that is I find that quite interesting in this story so there's there's that that going on and then I just really 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 loved the band I loved their outfits (laughs) loved all their songs the club as well the just the the set design and the costume design brilliant I also quite like the the sort of almost vampiric nature of the mermaids, which kind of a little little bit of the the mermaid in in the lighthouse is sort of a little bit fangy as well. So I feel that mermaids are maybe making a little bit of a resurgence, but being a bit more to what mermaids I'm not going to say were because obviously mermaids fictional, but less kind of like the the soft and fluffy mermaid, but the more of the the female crossed with the fish which would be scaly and probably have fish teeth so yeah i just thought it was pretty mad i think the description you gave it being the weirdest film on netflix we've watched quite a few films on netflix and i would probably say so far oh, definitely the weirdest one we've had on.
3: <laughs> yeah we've had a fly i can't i can't remember what happened with the fly film which is an early film eager
2: yeah a man turned into a fly he got reincarnated as a fly, didn't he? he got murdered yeah. and reincarnated as a fly. Oh,
3: wow. And there's a, and there's a proper like work, workout scene in this, he gets stronger so he can face his foe. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's the films with very weird scenes. This is probably the weirdest thing, consistent film <laughs> all the way through. And we, this reminds me of, what's was it Leo, Leo Carrick's film? Uh, Holy, Holy motors. Holy motors. Yeah. That's the kind of clearest film, cle- cleanest comparison I can kind of think of, because there's no, I don't know, there's, there's this, well, that's got lots of non sequiturs. There's no kind of through line through it apart from that one person. And the parts that are shocking. Some parts just like sexy. And I don't know, it's, it isn't a di- direct comparison, but the thematically or the kind of sensation I had watching that I was like, was similar to this. And I'm still processing that after, you know, however many years
0: of watching that film.
3: <laughs> and I haven't seen the other characters, newest film they did with um, with yeah. the- Sparks. Sparks, but yeah, I still need, yeah. I still need to watch that.
0: Yeah, I um, do. Because Annette is very similar to this, actually. I was thinking- cause You mentioned it because it's, it's that sort of like rock opera kind hmm. of dark aesthetic where it either completely resonates with someone's sensibility, i.e., mine, or it really <laughs> riles people up the wrong way. Um, so yeah, I think that's I think that's a good comparison to make that these films don't that they're not tremendously popular. Um, but yeah, I love them. <laughs> <laughs>
3: and we had and, and, and what one reason I love this podcast is when. um we, people discuss it and you know, help them peel things. Like when we had um, Under the Skin on, and I enjoyed it at the cinema, but it didn't quite click with me. And then I can't remember who was on there, apart from one of our friends, Will, but then there's this, there's a discussion about how, when she became a bit more human, she then realized that she couldn't connect with the world and she couldn't like tap properly. I think something Helen said that she couldn't tap the rhythms properly, because she was still this kind of alien inside, under the skin. And I was like, oh shit, that's actually, yeah. I I, I never got that. I never would've, uncovered that had we not had that discussion. Uh, and then I could see why there's lots of people's, uh, quite a few um, revered critics is one of their favourite films of the year. Um, and this is still, I still feel there needs to be a bit unpicked for me in in this, but I did like the almost like the reverse of Little Mermaid where, yeah, uh, you know, she loses her voice at the end after she he's had a chance to fall in love with her or not. Um, and also my main kind of I thought was men are scum, aren't we? Like mm-hmm. making undergo this horrific operation, and then having sex her when she was still like in two parts, and then going, "Nah, I fancy this one now," <laughs> and then and that, was, that was it. <laughs> so I was quite glad he died. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful, it's satisfying. isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I think maybe there's a particularly very, very kind of female fascination with mermaids. This is obviously a big generalisation, but I think something about I was just kind of thinking like why why do why do we love mermaids and I think maybe even though they are figures which are you know they're sirens that tempt men down into the waters you know that's that's their sort of purpose in myth but I think there is something very appealing about them and maybe that's because do they kind of represent freedom do you think Lillian they, because they kind of this idea that maybe they can remove themselves from our world and they can kind of exist in this in-between state, but they never have to stay in our world for very long. And you know, our world's a bit rubbish really. Why like, wouldn't you rather live under the sea? There's a sense of liberation. And maybe also just, you know, growing up is just a series of transformations of various kinds. You know, bodily transformations and kind of discovery of, you know, sex, yeah, your body and, and how to use it. And those things have seemed very pertinent to the mermaid myth and to this story in particular. So I wonder if that's all. Those things have got something to do with the kind of ongoing appeal of, uh, of the mermaid.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, although I'm not so sure that freedom is. I mean, there's 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 a lot of constrictions to that freedom, and there's a lot of rules about sort of. If you do one thing, you'll turn into sea foam, and if you do another, then you'll lose your voice, and it, you can't really win. Um, I don't know if any of you've seen um, Undine by Christian Petzold, which is sort of the most similar contemporary film about sort of using mermaids. I mean, I hated the lighthouse. The, what the mermaid lady in the lighthouse is just like a massive vagina for Robert Pattinson to fuck, and I didn't really vibe with that. Whereas in, in Petzold's Undine, it's more about that sort of. Um, that that kind of dilemma of 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 how you what you can do w- without sort of letting go or the extent to which a woman has freedom to just sort of pursue what her heart and 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 what her, her sexuality desires um and i think that's what um is trying to do with 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 this film but you're you're right in it's sort of the terms of bodily transformation that there are there's another film about is it called blue fin or something i can't remember what it's called do you know the one i mean um maybe not <laughs> <laughs> i should have i should have, I should, just i've just remembered that other i've this seen this splash film exists
3: ponyo the little mermaid, <laughs> nice. and we're looking forward to seeing the next version of little mermaid and i think that's it for mermaid ponyo mermaid kind
0: films. of does something similar with that about mm. sort of it, developing and growing up and and I mean all of these stories are about that is where there are restrictions placed on women, um, bodily or otherwise, that 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 are placed on sort of having a massive tail. Um,
3: I <laughs> guess. <laughs> is there anything else guys you want to say before we head to the scores?
1: Just that maybe that it, it made me feel inspired to like put loads of glitter on. Go out dancing. I don't know about you. But I was watching this the other night. Like I haven't been out for a while. I that. <laughs> <laughs> it looks fun. It's
3: been too long. <laughs> I think it does. It there was that thing. I think Helen nailed it as well. I'm not sure. I was and has enamoured with the club. Uh, so sort with of with the, with the uh, band as you were. But there was that thing about when you just go out, you're not sure where you're going to end up. You just go into this random bar, and it ends up being like the best night of your life. Because you, <laughs> and then and then you take your friends there the next time. And it's like, so the worst place in the world. But it's one of those kind of places where um, it could be the best night or the worst night, depending on just a a myriad of different variables that you couldn't ever control. Uh, But, you know, everyone everyone there seems to be having quite a nice time, didn't they?
1: Yeah, and I suppose it's probably going to be the best or at least most memorable night of your life if you see a mermaid. That's pretty memorable. So (laughs) (laughs) all depends on the mermaid factor.
0: Just make sure she doesn't get too close to your larynx.
3: Okay, so we head to the scores.
0: You're listening to a stripped media podcast. It might be discussing film, TV, cakes, even dogs. Uh, Possibly all four. (laughs) Very possibly. (laughs) But only one show on the network focuses on the musical medium, and that show is Song
3: by Song. Yeah, Song by Song is a podcast that discusses the music of Tom Waits, the gravelly-voiced singer. whose work, we think, is more than worth your time and to be honest, we wouldn't have spent literally years making this podcast if we didn't think that was true. Probably not.
0: Uh, Every week, we take some of his music, we share it with a variety of guests from different backgrounds and
3: disciplines, and we discuss how it works and how it makes us feel. Our latest season is listening to a compilation of covers and rarities called Orphans, which has over 60 songs of his music, so amongst that, there's probably going to be something that will pique your interest. So once you've finished this current episode you're listening to,
0: why not type song-by-song into your podcast app and join us for a track or two
2: welcome to the Flix watcher scores they are always out of five you may have decimal places if you wish and we will start with you please lillian with your recommendability
0: um this is very easily a five for me hence why <laughs> i have brought it to this podcast um i think that everyone should see this film and they will i have i have no idea what they'll get out of it but it's 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 I can promise that it will be different to anything else you have seen before. Laura?
1: Yes, I mean, oh, difficult. What does recommendability really mean? Um, I mean, I will say that when I described this film to my girlfriend the other night, they said, no way, I'm going to bed.
3: Um, (laughs) (laughs) And that's without even starting it.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I I think it is one of those films that if you give it a chance, you could really get swept away with it. So I think it probably balances out as about a three because it's certainly not for everyone, but it is truly one of a kind.
2: Yeah, sure. Helen. I've already recommended it to someone, so it's off, it's off to a good start. Um I think I would probably like sort of give some sort of maybe a little bit of a comparison. I think I'd probably say if you've kind of seen maybe like raw and you kind of enjoyed a lot of things going on with that. If you are one of the people who enjoyed the shape of water, then yeah, maybe. And if okay, you Shape of water,
3: like, with mermaid. Yeah, I can feel it, that as well. Sex
2: fish fantasies. Yeah. I mean, if, if that's, if you like fish yeah. <laughs> and musicals. Do you like sushi? I like sushi. <laughs> you like, you know, the way fish look and their scales and find them interesting and intriguing that this is hundred percent for you um but i am also going to recommend it to lots of people like if they ask me for halloween picks um just just for funsies but gonna go for a solid four on it i think for this one because it is super weird but fun
3: i'm gonna go for a 2.8 here um i feel that i know there's a few people who definitely I could recommend it to and say, look, it's going to be a bit strange. Just go with it. And then there'll be people who, if I thought about recommending it to, them, I would have to like sit them down a bit and like say, it's going to go into places you don't want, you don't expect. And there's going to be lots and lots of people who are all just like, Kobe, what the hell are you doing? I want Fast and Furious, um, or something <laughs> of <about, laughs> that kind of ilk. Um, so yeah, I think I think 2.8 feels about, yeah about right for me. How do films like this get made? Because it generally is astonishing. <laughs> I don't know what the pitch. I don't think it could be a Hollywood film, and this is why I got to love like independent and non-English language cinema. I think sometimes, uh, but I've no idea how popular this would have been in, in Poland in, when it first came out, or how well regarded it is. So I don't know. If, is there any any background? I, any light? I'm, you can I'm cast
0: really in that? sorry. I, I really don't know. Um, I I've been thinking about this because it feels like. It's incredibly impressive, as Laura said. Like the, some of the musical numbers are huge, mm. and the effects are amazing, and the cinematography is incredible, and the, just everything about it. I mean this film looks almost as good as the shape of water does. And that film mm. was almost certainly made for millions and millions more than this one was. So I really, I really don't know is the honest answer. <laughs> um, I'm just glad that it was. It also,
1: magically got washed up on the beach. Like exactly. I'm just continuing this metaphor. It just appeared out of the sea one day, mysteriously. We just don't
3: yeah. know. Yeah. Cause also the actors look properly into it as well, aren't they? There's no one that seems to be like, uh, as we had, um, Robert De Niro on, on Jackie Brown recently who at the start of that film is like almost thinking what the hell am I doing here this is nonsense <laughs> and no one in this film seemed to be have that kind of um, that kind of shape to them um, so Lillian repeat viewing score
0: yeah, um I've seen this film quite a few times um and will continue <laughs> will continue to do so. Um and it is on Netflix, so I can watch it to my heart's content. So I will give it a five again. Um I also need to watch some Majinsk's other films, Fugue I've Heard Is Amazing, and her latest film, um, The Silent Twins, has not been released over here yet. So I'm very excited to see that. So yeah, I um I yeah, I'll just watch this film ad nauseam. Laura.
1: I think I'd probably give this a three again. I think it's going to be a little while before I revisit it, but I happily would. And I sort of feel that on a second viewing, some of the slightly bizarre threads or diversions would kind of weave together more neatly, or maybe they wouldn't. I don't they, know. They the History is there. They don't. Okay.
3: <laughs> fair enough.
1: That's fair enough. Also very valid. Um, but. Yeah, and I agree with what you were saying, Lillian, earlier. I think this film is sexy and it's fun and I would revisit, but uh, but yeah, I think overall I'd give it a three.
2: Helen? Yeah, I'm, I'm also a three. I, I I think I probably would watch this again, probably not um, immediately, but I think it would be a fun watch to watch with someone who hasn't seen it.
3: Would you be watching the film or watching them?
2: Probably a bit of both.
3: <laughs> like side-eyeing them. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna watch. it. I need to watch it again once at least, but not sure how much, how many more times after that I will watch it. And for that, can you give it? I'm gonna give it a three as well because I think you definitely need to watch it more than once. But the repeat, the frequency of watching it, I yeah, I think it will be low for me. Small screen score, Lillian.
0: Ah, uh, this is a tricky one because I've only seen it on. Well, I've seen it on a laptop and I've seen it on a TV. So I guess <laughs> i I would love to screen this i think it would be incredible um in a cinema um with a with a packed audience where you just have to kind of really focus on it maybe a sing-along i don't know um (laughs) (laughs) brush up on your polish
1: everyone yeah
0: exactly um so yeah i don't know i mean i've enjoyed i've loved it on a small screen so maybe i'm gonna go with like a 4.5 with the addendum that I'm that extra five is for how much I want to see this on the big screen I don't know Laura
1: I think I mean yeah also have only seen it on a small screen um I think it does play quite well on a small screen I think it's I mean it's visually gorgeous but I think it's also I don't feel like i lost anything from watching it at home i found myself very drawn into it and didn't you know i managed to put down the distractions and really focus in so i think i'd give it a give it a four nice
2: helen um i think it was fine watching it on tv but i would absolutely love to see this at the cinema so if you manage to do program it and uh please let us know because I, I would love to see it i feel some films they just are kind of brought out with the experience like watching Titan. I'm not gonna say Titan, even though I want to, uh, in a cinema. Like I've had chances to watch it since on at home, but I just don't think I would get the same experience. So it's 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 great and it's on Netflix and it's it's probably the only place you're gonna find it. So that is great. But I would I would like to see this with people big. Um so yeah, uh four point five as well. Hmm.
3: Um, yeah, I'm going to go for 4.5 as well. I, I think I, I get the I get the, the potential buzz of seeing it in, in the cinema with other people, um, for the first time, seeing how other people react to different things as well is something that you I you know thoroughly enjoy from the cinema, <clears throat> and I think this will get, a whole load of interesting reactions. And I don't know whether I don't know where it would land at any point in the, any behind this film. So I think it'd be interesting. Uh, yes, 4.5 engagement score, Lillian.
0: Uh, this is easily if i've i mean have you seen this film <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you if you if you like if you look away for a second something insane happens so why would you do that <laughs> it's just it constantly develops and and shifts and changes and the first time you watch it you have no idea what's 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 coming um yeah i yeah i love it so much Lives. <laughs> <laughs> Laura?
1: I think I would go with a four. It's very, you know, it's very visually arresting. Like Lillian says, you do not know what's going to happen next. Um, yeah, it kind of, as much as I didn't understand some of it, you know, I, I wasn't bored for a single second. Like, how could you be? Um, everything's covered in glitter and blood and all those Sea things. Exactly, Sebo. Sea yeah. yeah, all the textures, <laughs> all the all the taste, smells, colors, everything.
3: Helen.
2: Yeah, um it's a tight one hour 28 minutes, so it's like super super short as well. Um I felt that it like maybe lost a little bit of its momentum sort of nearish the end. I think when she gets her legs, it didn't quite have like the energy that it had in sort of the first hour but that's only like a small slight on that. So um,
3: yeah, 4.5. Um, I'm going to go for four, I mainly for the not knowing in any way, shape or form where it's going to end. And the way I kind of see the little plot points is to like, if you marry him, if you, if you fall in love with him and then it get marri- gets married later then you have until X time, until you turn into sea foam or you have to eat him. You know that becomes like almost a driving for the driving point for the latter part of the film, and I didn't know whether I didn't know which way I was going to go. I genuinely thought, well, I thought she was going to eat him, and I was quite disappointed that she didn't. Sorry, uh, I was quite <laughs> disappointed that, that Silver didn't eat him, but then I was quite happy that Golden did eat him. Well, killed him at least. Yeah. So four point five. Oh, did you say four point five, Helen? Yeah. And that gives us an overall score of whoa, four point oh one eight seven five. Yeah, I've
2: Which really is, pulled that up, haven't
3: I? <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Which is higher than I thought it'd be going into this into the session. I wasn't sure where it was going to go, but I didn't think it's going to be. I didn't think it's going to be going over the four mark. Um, that's well, thank you very much, Lillian, for bringing it to us. I hope you're happy with that score. It's a decent one. Yeah. Um, and
0: I thought you were going to hate it. Sorry, <laughs> so I'm just <laughs> happy. I'm delighted. I'm
3: just baffled by it. I'm just baffled Good. by it, and Good. it's kind of. <laughs> maybe it's sung a siren and kind of enchanted me in some way shape mm. or form yeah <laughs> so yeah Lillian, laura can you tell us where we can find you guys online and we'll say goodbye to all the listeners
0: you can find me on twitter um at lil Croft, with two l's in the middle of that um i'm often on the little white lies podcast and in little white lies online and in print um sight and sound empire um girls on tops and the um as i said at the start the autism through cinema podcast which comes out i think weekly now um where we talk about autism in in films so yeah please do check that out on all the places where you can find podcasts
3: well essentially where you listen to this now you can find it here don't don't like search a different podcast app just where we listen to this one go there go
0: there (laughs) we're there (laughs) <laughs> Laura,
1: you can find me uh, on Twitter uh, with all the other film nerds in the world um, at Laura underscore Venning. Many tweets about films and all kinds of other things. And you can also find my writing. Uh, I have a little website which is just Laura Venning. That's for the Boopavictor uh, dot com, which just yeah has my portfolio and all the places I write for. So yeah, that's that's where to find me.
3: Awesome. Well, thank you very much, guys. Thank you for bringing law to the table, and uh, I'll say goodbye to everyone.
2: Thanks for coming on. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Enjoyed this episode of Flix watcher podcast? Why not leave us a five star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at FlixWatcherPod on Twitter, and we're at FlixWatcher on Instagram.